first home game tucked away nicely for another season. And for only the third time in Vuck history, we've won the first two games of the season. Welcome to another edition of FVS. Dave here, joined by the usual suspects over the other side of the era. Clarky, mate, good to be back on the terraces. Good to see you in the flesh again. Uh, and good to take away a win. How are you feeling, my friend? I'm actually feeling great. Um, it, it's a weird feeling. Like, are we allowed to get excited? Like, is nope. this is this for real? Like, it was keep a lid on it. Yeah, I know. Sunday, though, even in in complete isolation, Sunday was one of the all time great afternoons at Amy Park on the terrace, and it was it was just great to see a bunch of familiar faces to the people that came up to us and and introduced themselves and and said hello. Um, it was awesome to meet some new people. And then see all the usual old faces and just bask in the chaos, which is our league, the A League. It was just, it was chaos and it's, it was amazing to be a part of and amazing to be on the winning side. Um, and a little bit of cyberbullying, you know, mixed in there on the FBS socials. It was a ripper Ooh. of a day. Was there now? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, the man of the people was also there. Yeah, and 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 certainly in fine form for a Sunday afternoon. Full a few hours later uh, on the uh, FVS chats about drinking on a Sunday. How have you pulled up, mate? And are uh, you looking forward to doing it all again this weekend? Happy Halloween, boys! Um, got a bit of a few tricks and a few treats over the weekend. Um, very nice, um, Daniel Alzani with a few. With a few tricks and um, a few treats with the lads, um, watching um, a spectacular slaying of um, Matt Vanderberg. I'm sorry, um, the Newcastle Jets. It was um, a spectacular afternoon, had by all. Um, what a way to open up the first home game of the season in in standard um, fashion of mine. Um, subconsciously had no real plan for the day on how I was going to attack it and can't remember getting home. Um, yeah, it's something that I just <laughs> continually do in the first home game of the season. I got home safely and responsibly as always, but nonetheless, um, you know, it, uh, I spent like 200 bucks as well. Like, you know, just only got, I only got into the game an hour before the game. Absolute so, mad lad on a Sunday. Those, um, those, those drinks just don't seem to be getting any uh, cheaper. Um, but the yeah, they're um, still just as fun. Drink responsibly. I'm on the VARC. <laughs> Lots of people. On the terraces, I was actually quite excited. Um, pre-game, oh, it was a sen sensational was just... day. Like a lot of a lot of a lot of familiar faces from the last twenty years, yeah. still hanging. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really, really good. Cool. And hopefully, that sort of result and the the general good vibes that seem to be happening right now uh, result in a, an avalanche of attendances and. 
Speaking of good vibes, gents, like Jace put out that post of me uh, unprompted from uh, the last week's pod about how things feel different this season. And, you know, it's always weird when someone clips something that you say because you're always questioning, oh, you know, are people going to get the context of what I was saying there? (laughs) Purely comparing things to last season. And there were a few people who were straight onto it. Nah, doesn't feel any different. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and all this. And they convinced me. I was like, you know what? They're right. We shouldn't be getting ahead of ourselves. But you know what? You're wrong, people that replied to me. There is something (laughs) different about what's going on this season. The mentality, boys. And on tonight's podcast, which will be mainly about the game on Sunday, I'm going to talk about the mentality and it being different and the fact that we didn't let our heads drop copying that early goal. But it's FES and it would, wouldn't would be an FES episode with without us quickly strolling through some of the usual spaces that we usually stroll through around our Patreon and those sorts of things. So a few people have been asking, oh, how do we get on the Discord? I've seen a few DMs fly through. I, I, I don't know if you've responded to those, Clarky. I'm terrible with, with responding to DMs on accounts that uh, my personal account, but um, you know, the, the Discord is accessed by becoming an FBS Patreon. And three people have joined up in the past week. We've got James Johnston, Andrew Bransgrove, and Lockie Duggan. Three people who can now stroll through the FES Discord. And boy, oh boy, has it been a live wire of activity. What's been happening, gents, in in this space, the FVS community where match days are bananas, but even stuff like when the Matildas play and where the other games are happening, you've got a captive audience all tapping away. Um, it's it's something else, isn't it? It's one of the best online communities in Australian football, to be completely honest. I'm, I'm, I say we're, I'm super proud of what we've built here and, and the community is awesome. It's, it's, it's so broad, but... You know, we've got, you know, everyone's tied in with, with the VUC and it's great. As you said, Dave, match days are great. It's even cranking when it's on home games. The people that can't come, they're, they're in the match threads going off. Away days are mental. And then during the week, just, you know, reflecting on the game, talking about other sports, everything. Any sort it's of over 200 people, about. isn't it, Clarky? There's over 200 people or thereabouts uh, that um, are members of the Discord and the community. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, something like that. No, it's 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 humming along really well. So, you know, patreon.com slash for fuck's sake if you want to get involved. I will send out a Patreon message with a little bit of a how to um, get on the Discord, a little bit of sort of documentation around that. So if you're one of our Patreons that hasn't been able to get on, keep an eye on your Patreon inbox and I'll send that out this week. Hopefully that can uh, get you on board. Um, also feel free to, to DM the FES uh, Twitter account and we can help you there get on. Um, it can sometimes be a little bit tricky and there's a few things you got to know, but once you get on there, you'll, you'll be away and you'll be part of the best com- online community in Australian football. I don't think that's any exaggeration. It is the best online football community in the country. It's going to be some short, sharp passing, as Mehmet used to say, gentlemen, tonight, because our, our run sheet is quite 
minimalist tonight. And you know what? That's okay with me because I've had it up to my gills with Halloween shit today. I'm, I'm ready to just sit on the couch after this. We're going to talk about the VUC putting five goals past a hapless Newcastle Jets and also mention that we ship three ourselves. And whether or not we should have any concerns about that, there's potential injury issues uh, with a key player at that back four, that very good back four that we've been extolling the virtues of. The Max Steel balls of steel, some movers and shakers this week as that early leaderboard starts to take shape. There's also some merch news to talk about that uh, I know a lot of our fans are all up in. It's just, and you know what? I saw a lot of the new pink kits on Sunday. And How they good look, they look? They look very good. They look very good on other people. They will not look very good on me. I'm, he- I'm hearing all sorts of things about how sizing for larger portly types like myself, um, it might be a bit risque for me to, for me to do so, for me to like have a go at that. So, yeah, we will talk about a new drop of really interesting supporter gear over at Ultra Football. And then, I'll tell you what, has there ever been a more anticipated original derby game than the game this Saturday, the 4th of November, against the old enemy Adelaide United? Top of the table clash. We're going to just sink our teeth into that. You're listening to For Buck's Sake. Hey, it's Adama Traore. And you are listening to FBS. Boys, I talked about it earlier, mentality. And I compared it to last season. And there is something different because we copped that early goal. It was a bit of an Izzo brain fart. Yeah, almost like a, a, a almost a clone scenario of the Janjetovic was going out for a goal kick and probably should have just let it through and it ends up being a corner and Goldmouth scramble and Newcastle take the lead very early on, but we didn't let our heads drop. And you could sense it pretty much straight away from the kickoff that they weren't going to let that fly. I don't think we expected to put another five through Jets, but I'm going to hand this baton over to you guys. Now, there's so much to unpack here because there were so many goals so many great moments and so many encouraging signs for the season ahead. We were ruthless, weren't we? Man of the people, I'm going to just wind you up a little bit here, get you nice and ready to contribute here. Are you cons- like are you are you just focused on the five goals that we scored and happy about that? Or is there anything that we should be worried about with the fact that we shipped three here? Um, no, not really. I think it was just one of those games, to be perfectly honest. I think it was, um, just a game where defense was secondary to everything else. And we did, you know, see, and we did analyze very briefly that Newcastle had some, you know, they had some things we needed to worry about, but, I didn't realise the thing that we needed to worry about the most was this 19-year-old kid named Clayton Taylor. Mm. Um, Yep. 
sign him He's up. Sharp, isn't he? he? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he was very sharp. But um, look, by the time he had you know, time to make himself a nuisance, the game was pretty much done and dusted. Um, to start off with, obviously, Natter scores and he's assisted by Carl Jenkinson. And Carl uh, Jenkinson's you know, a bit of a banter player in this league, in, in my opinion. But, you know, just gave us something to come out of the blocks and we did pretty much instantly with um, an, an amazing, amazing bit of play. And Daniel Arzani really started well and started bright. Um, we didn't see much from our big dick stud, which we, um, everyone was, um, yeah, that was the hot, the hot term of the afternoon as well. Everyone that saw me was just yelling out big dick stud to me all day, which was very funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, there was some some really great performances. Again, Traoro was superb. Um, Nish was very bright early, very, very bright early. And Azani was, yeah, having a bit of fun, um, just playing with Morotis and, um, and Taylor to begin with and just getting behind the lines and just... Some really good play too between Machach and Arzani. They were, you could see they were just enjoying flicking it around to each other and you know, nothing really came of it, but it was really, really entertaining to watch. And fuck, Bruno was uh, Bruno was on, on, an, on another level. Uh, the boys gave him silver service, but he, um, he uh, it was all about Bruno last week. He had the All Access All Areas uh, episode. And it was all about him back at home. And, you know, a few of us had discussed on Discord that, you know, after watching that and the fact he hasn't won, really won a, um, he hasn't won a league in his career, we've got to do it for Bruno this year. Yeah. We're playing with freedom. It's a freedom that we haven't seen in a while, really. I don't even think we played with that kind of freedom in season one of Tony Popovich. You know, we, I think we played sort of, sort of ruthless counter-attacking football, almost like cup football an entire season, you know, with the likes of daggers, but the freedom and the, and the fun, like the, the mm. interplay, we say that you said Machach was quiet and he probably was, I think everyone's expecting massive things from him now, but that interplay in the first half between him and Arzani, they were just, they were zipping the ball in triangles and then mm. tying Newcastle in knots. Um, it looked ridiculous and you touched on ruthlessness dave that you know something we were ruining last week despite the win we look to address that this this week it just seemed like every ball was was destined to go in or at least you know caused a keeper or a defender to do something to stop it it was it was unbelievable i mean Nish was bright early. Nish is finished for a young kid to take it three quarters of the way down the park and then put it past the keeper that's that's mentality. That's stone cold. What you mentioned, he had Dave, to, he had he had to finish. Had to that. finish, and he I think he to knew finish. it too. I think he knew it with his uh, little homage to Rashford in his celebration. The the Nishan skyline. He put the pedal to the metal. There was no stopping him. But you're right. Like I think there was a sense of relief on his part. It's been a while, probably since he scored a. I mean, I know he's put a couple away last season, but. He's probably emotionally ridden those waves 
mm. like we have as a fan of the club in the way that he is to finally be in a position where he can celebrate in front of a resurgent North Terrace, no less, and just let some emotion out, that would have felt good for him. And I'm sure, given that Popper has put his faith in him to start these games, is just like reward for effort. And I'm so pleased for him. Now, Clayton Taylor Buds, you mentioned him. And yes, absolutely, we should be tapping this young fella up. But he is yet another discarded Sydney FC Academy product. And speaking about Machach and the balance in midfield, another academy player from Sydney that has found himself back in the A-League is our very own Ryan Teague. And the reason why I think Machach's influence, I thought, you know, obviously it wasn't as noticeable, but what we're seeing is that when a specific player is marked out of a game or there's extra attention, the other ones are there to step up and there's a mobility there and an understanding. Both of them were coming deep. Both of them were a little bit box to box, box to box. And it speaks to what you were saying, Clarkie, about the fact that maybe Popper's just changed the mechanics a little bit in that midfield. We're not seeing uh, two sitting midfielders. Mark San mm. is the guy that, and mind you, he's first, you know, Carl Valeri-esque in, in, in relation to how Mark mm. uh, Sarn has started this season, just absolutely mopping up. I'm really pleased that Tiggy's come right in and we've got this problem now with Brimmer and there's Fabian Monge as well. There's depth. It's exciting, mate, don't you reckon? Absolutely. Teague's, Teague's a, a very complete midfielder for his age and I think that's that's probably what's really freed up almost everything around him, whether it's Marchand, whether it's it's the wingers. It's not just a a, a, a ball retainer or a or, well, I mean Brillante wasn't even that. He's just not a water carrier. Like Brillante is very one dimensional in in what he was last year. Teague has the ability to rotate possession, progress the ball, um, get forward involve himself with smart interplay, quick passing. He's he's got it all and he's and he picks out the at, complex passes too. Like, he does. And he's just mm. added a level of uh, you know a dynamic range that we didn't have last year. Um he he's 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 great. Um I'm hugely impressed with him. Yeah buds defensively, right? Like you mentioned just one of those days and I, I tend to agree. Newcastle saw that right side as our weakness. The amount of times I kept lamenting the fact that Moralgas, uh, their number five, was just storming down that right-hand side and linking up with Clayton Taylor. And obviously, like, they saw that as a weakness from the beginning. And, you know, Geria unfortunately came off with an injury. And Stefan Negro was the guy to come in to replace Geria. And we'll talk about the injury in a minute, but Newcastle definitely picked that area apart. And you know, we at the end of the day, we did ship three goals at home. And whilst I don't think there's anything particular to worry about, mainly because I think our defensive game, even in the horror season of last season, um, it was the least of our issues. 
to me, it's it's an interesting one that Newcastle saw Jason Gary as the weakness. Whilst Adama Traore, not only was Adama solid at the back, laid on two assists as well. Well, he was look. Adama was the one that we thought would go off injured because he um he looked that's like right he copped copped a nasty one early. Um, but yeah, look, they 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 targeted Jace after um. Oh, after Jace went off, sorry, they they targeted Negro and you know, they got the, got the better of him and opened up space and got behind the lines. I'm 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 not really worried about it, and I'll really spend too much time on it right now. Um, but but other things that just uh, taking much time VAR buds. Terrible, horrendous. Just, uh, we we we've now seen this issue explode. And where I find this interesting is that even now in the UK, with the Premier League, the most watched league in the world, and the big incident they had a couple weeks back with the Liverpool-Tottenham game. And people, you know, the Euro snobs, we all have them in our lives, are watching that and just astonished by how, oh, you know, and they're finally sort of cottoning on to some of the things that we have been saying as the guinea pigs of this fucking system uh, in the A-League for a long time, that you can introduce this technology and what you end, what you invariably end up having is more officiating, more subjectivity, slowing down situations and you have people on the terraces, 13,000 people who have spent their money uh, and coming out and supporting the club, not the TV audience, but the people that are out there on the terrace, having to sit there, twiddle their thumbs, wondering what's going on. It's just not working globally. Um, And I don't want to devote too much time on it, but it just, again, underscored that it's a whole waste of time. They got our hopes up saying that it was probably not going to be working for the first part of the season, but here it is. Yeah, we won't get lost in the weeds, but it's terrible for fans. Those those two stoppages, you know, you're on the terrace, you're in a game like that, and then it just comes to a grinding halt for five, six minutes, and you're just like, well, you know, where are we at as a sport with this? This is just, you know, and it boils down, and people get angry because it's like, well, is that clear and obvious? You know, we just, mm, yeah, mm. it's it's terrible. And it really... I just, I, sorry, I, I wish they could have the discussions. I wish we could hear the discussions. Like, that's that's what we need. Yeah. On the terrace, the real... yeah. Like, be able to, like, just put it on the loudspeaker. Uh, that, I mean, I'd still think it's shit, but it would go some way to alleviating the empty space that we feel um, when we're out there. But, oh, look, gents, I... I before we get on the Max Steel Balls of Steel, you, you mentioned Bruno Fornaroli and the fact that he had the A-League all-access uh, episode this week. Seven minutes was not enough uh, for that episode. I watched it and I was just getting into it and it ended. Um, as I've mentioned, it has been hard to endear myself to Bruno because, yeah, that's just part of the history of it. But it's... I think he's certainly done enough now for everyone <laughs> to basically endear. And I think the, the most oft-quoted line for us on the terrace uh, come uh, on Sunday was, uh, can I live like this? Which is what he told us 
at the victory medal last season. And I certainly think he took a few good steps in the direction of leaving us with some glory this season. Did he not? Um, Max Steel, balls of steel, boys. Um, it's a bit of a no-brainer for three, isn't it, buds? Bruno, um, two for Daniel Arzani mm. and one for Adama Traore. So Bruno's out on the lead with four. Uh, Machach on three, Arzani and Teague on two, and Traore on one. So well done to everyone. You got that one right. It's a much more attack-orientated looking leaderboard, isn't it? Last year it was it was like Izzo and and defenders. So Cadete. Just, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. De Silva, just... Cadete, yeah, Izzo, yeah. Look, this is this is how we want to be talking about our team. Not that defenders don't matter. Uh, or goalkeepers don't matter, but we want to be celebrating wins, and to do that, well, it's, you get it's, what, it's what, what we want to see the team working on for next week is is defence, um, and we'll come on to it in the match preview. But we we cannot defend like that against Adelaide United, because then we will be the ones having five scored against us. Indeed. All right, we'll take a break. Hi, it's Daniel Azani, Mondavak. Ultra Football, the official, uh, I think they're the official, is that correct? Um, merch provider for the Vuck uh, over there. Where, where are they based? Over your way, gents. Uh, they're in Abbotsford. Ab- oh, okay, so Abbotsford's you know, not too bad. But, um, Clarky, you sent some pictures of some very nice-looking gear that arrived at your place. Now, I'm I'm tempted because it looks kind of casual, but it's still you know sort of MVFC in its orientation. Some hoodies, some t-shirts, long sleeves. Hmm. You happy with your purchase, mate? Like this, this gear looks good. I I am actually. It's it's nice. It actually feels like bona fide supporter wear rather than stuff that's pumped out by the kit manufacturer. Now, like, don't get me wrong. There's, there's good stuff that, that Macron do. Um, the kits are great this year and, and, and like the hats and, and so forth and all those sorts of things are good. But this kind of supporters gear that kind of sits just a little bit outside and is a little bit more timeless. It's not tied into a season where you need to clear it at the end of a season. It's cool. It's just, you know, navy blue or white t-shirts with white or blue print. And it's all just very simple. MVFC or Melbourne Victory established 2005. Um, It's low key. You can wear it out and you don't look like a full kit wanker on a night out. Um, It's cool. (laughs) It's a nice balance. And I think it's something that Fans have been wanting for a long time. You know, there's a lot of blokes out there that won't buy kits to wear. They might buy them for a collection sort of thing, but they won't <laughs> buy them to wear. And, like, that's fine. It, um, this this gear sort of taps into a wider range of people. So I, I bought the established 2005 long sleeve and the MVFC short sleeve T-shirt in, in blue, and they're a ripper. They're printed on... Um, AS Color Basics, so you know they're good quality and you know that there's not going to be supply issues because you can get an easy restock and just and just print screen print some more or heat press some more. So I reckon it's um it's a pretty clever move by Ultra Football and the VUC, and um it seems to be selling extremely well. 
it's pitching towards a bit of that the Melbourne audience in general, isn't it? Like the that sort of the, the attitude of people in Melbourne. Um, I might have a look. I don't, as you know, as listeners would know, I'm not much of a, a merch guy. Although, you know, maybe maybe I need to uh, take a look. All right, let's let's look ahead. Uh, and there were no um, A League women's games this week because the Matildas were off doing their thing wonderfully against the Philippines, which was great to see. Um, but I tell you what, this Saturday night, Adelaide United top of the table clash. I mean. If you're a Vuck that hasn't come to a game in a while, like this, this is like the ultimate one to return to. Um, the excitement levels are through the roof, first and second on the table. It's been a while since both clubs have been up and about in that way. And guess what, gents? We have not beaten them at home in our last four encounters. Now, Adelaide's defence is performing really well at the moment. We've got... Popovich and old boy Ansel, who's safe in the box at the back, and they've not conceded a goal yet this season. This will be the biggest litmus test so far of the season, without a doubt. I mean, it goes without saying. And Budza, I know you love this. I know that you know, it's 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 the first of two home games in a row that we have in prime time. Big city lights, Vuck. You love it when we play a Friday or a Saturday night. We've got Saturday night this week and Friday night the week before. Buds, how do you think this one's going to pan out? Because I'm honestly not sure and I'm just so pumped for it. It's going to be very dangerous on my hip pocket if I'm not careful. I need to come in with a plan. (laughs) Everyone who's there, shout Buds and myself and Glucky. Uh... And and, and and if and if and if you and if you see cabbage him, it'll be his birthday. It's his too. birthday. That's right. Yeah, happy birthday, old mate Cabba. I think he turned seventy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Look, um, you know we hate Adelaide, but fucked our superb uh, over <laughs> the weekend and did Melbourne victory. Uh, Melbourne victory. Melbourne City, the other little Melbourne club. Um, they did them six nil. Which um, yeah, fuck, bring it on, do do that, do that to them every time, Adelaide. Um, that was good. Yeah, usual suspects for them: Halloran, um, Iran Kunda. So I think everyone has everyone in the country that watches the game saw his superb free kick. Um, yeah, Issa is still in the business. Clough has uh, has um, started the season pretty well for them as well. So um, we know what to expect. Um, yeah, look, if they're going to punish our right side with Halloran, who um, look, the the only shining light for me out of all of this is that Craig Goodwin is not playing for them. Um, there's, a big <laughs> exactly. reason, a big, there's a big, there's a big reason why we haven't, um, beaten them at home in our last four and it's because pretty much because of him every single damn time mm-hmm. um no he, doubt. he he scored against us for fun that man so um yeah look they're they're a handy side uh we have been susceptible to that partnership on on that left side of theirs in Kito and Halloran before um Viet has 
had the better of Popovich more times than not. And I, while I back us back this side in at home and I have to, this will be a very, very tough game. Mm-hmm. Like a very tough game. Um, We've got attacking weapons everywhere. And that's the thing. You you look at mm. our defense this week and you go, well, you, you have to be better because, you know, Iran Kunda, Haller, and Cloth, Ibasuki. And then, you know, off the bench, you've got Bernardo. Musa Torre scored on the weekend. It's, you know, they've, there's no shortage of attacking weapons there. But uh, I, I love what Beard's done there. Go on, mate. Where, where is a better good place as ever to actually finally take it to the mm. central midfield, though? So if yep. we can get on top of them there, then we cut off supply. So. But it's as Buzz said, going to be super tough. It is. It is great to see what they're doing. You've got Bernardo, young Australian, nineteen years old. You've got Bovalina, young Australian, eighteen years old. Vidmar and the Tourays and Alagic, um, some old names from the old NSL days. That you know, it's it's actually the father son stuff. You know, where now yeah. we're we're old enough as A League fans to start seeing these types of players come through and it's Adelaide, you know, like it is called the original rivalry and I, I, I love it and they love it too. It is such a great Australian sporting encounter. Uh, the difference between Adelaide and say like, you know, city, for example, is that I absolutely respect Adelaide as, as a football club and particularly what they're doing in terms of just how parochial they are about their South Australianness. Uh, it's, it's actually brilliant, but I tell you what, what we want is, you know, something along the lines of those grand final games that we've had against them. And this will be like a grand final in its atmosphere. I no doubt they'll bring mm. a couple hundred of their ferals over the border. It's it's going to be an absolutely wild Saturday night game. I am so pumped. Get down there, Vuckers. This is I'm gonna crack the 20 mark for this one, I reckon. If if you took Isaias out of out of their out mm. of their squad or out of their team, their their average age would be like 20. Yeah. Because you've got Johnny Yule and the young kid Madanya. Like they're like mm-hmm. nineteen and twenty as well. Popovich is like how old? Popovich is, is 20, like twenty-two. I think 20, twenty-three. Twenty-one. Yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe Gauci's 23, and all the kids on the bench are like nineteen. And yeah, Nestor is nineteen. It's it's actually quite crazy. Uh, if we Nestor, lose, we're literally. Hang on, Nestor is seventeen, I think. But anyway, yeah, it's. Yeah, he's 17. Sorry. So if we lose, we're literally losing to a team of kids. So um yeah, we need to we need to play like men. Okay, live like this. I'll tell you what, I won't be able to live like this um without beating Adelaide United on Saturday night. Well, gents, uh it's been short sharp, as I promised, and that's because we've only had the one game to talk about, but boy, was it good to talk about a win. We're 2-0. The lid is still firmly on. We are not getting excited yet, but, geez, it's good to be talking about good results and, and improved yeah, football. Get there, Vikings. Like, get there. Yeah. Get there. Get to the game. Like, you know, buy the ticket, take the ride. You know? <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, 
Buy awesome tickets, win awesome prizes. Sausage man, sausage man's back. Pretzels. I tell you what, don't get, don't get one of the souvlakis at the, the fast food thing. I was like waiting there with my son on on Sunday, just waiting for a chicken and chips. And I was like, oh, what could I get? I don't want chicken and chips. And I was like, oh, souvlaki. It was so bad. Like, His chicken and chips looked good. Yeah, I was standing. He, he I was, smashed. I was, standing and, I was watching him eat him, and I was like, "Is he going to offer me a chip?" Like, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was the second meal he had all day. Good parenting from me, but um, you know. <laughs> did he did he enjoy the game? Yeah, I did. He ever like I was like, stand yeah. on your seat, stand on your seat, like, and he's just. You know, some kids want want a mate to be there or whatever. He didn't mind. He loves hanging out with the older boys and just uh, getting amongst it. It was really good. And we, you know, and a big Bruno <laughs> fan, isn't he? Yeah. So a few boys asked him, "Who's your favourite player?" He said Bruno. And then Bruno pops four in after he says oh, that. And it, what a on the day! Train, tr- on the train ride home, he's like, "Do you think it was just a coincidence that I said that Bruno's my favourite player and he scored four goals?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> nah, nah, you did it, mate. You did it." <laughs> Exactly. That's a good stuff. That was brilliant. It was brilliant. All right. Mon the Vak, guys. See you. Mon the Vak. Fuck the piss ants.